Either titanium or steel, depends I think on it's the plate. Titanium, yeah. yeah. Titanium. I'm like partially the Wolverine. I was partially. <laughs> yes. Fuck. I was waiting for a break so I could say it. <laughs> Wasn't that yeah. adamantium yeah, or something? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Close enough. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Wolverine. Could <laughs> be Wolverine's little cousin. Yeah. <laughs> what do you smoke? Three friends really enjoying ourselves, talking about current events, talking about our culture, talking about things that you wouldn't necessarily learn about in your day-to-day life. Oh, good. Cheers. All right. Welcome everybody to the boiler room of the smoke break. We are the smoke break. <laughs> my name is Mr. Lee Clutier Ellsworth. To my left, I have my friend Simeone Kisa Nickelbein. Hello. To my right, I have my friend Bernard Choquette. Hello, bonsoir. And we have a very special guest here today. His name is Mike Patterson. He is I hope I'm getting this right. The chief medical doctor of Nunavut. Is that right? Chief public health officer. Chief, chief public, public health, health, officer. health no, officer. Chief public health officer. <laughs> CFO. Yeah. Yeah. CFO. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. We're welcome. Very thankful. We're very happy to have you on. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we'll uh, keep it a bit leisurely here, but... Uh, Got some uh, questions to start off with. We just want to get to know you as a person before mm-hmm. we get into anything. Um, where were you? Where were you born, and where did you grow up? I was born in Ontario and Welland, Ontario. By the time I was about five, we'd moved to a couple of places, but settled in just outside of Selkirk, Manitoba, okay. and uh, wow. grew up there and left there when I went to university. Okay, right cool. Where'd you go to university? Winnipeg. Winnipeg, okay. Yeah, yeah so I did sense. my undergrad and med school at the university in Winnipeg and then uh, took off for northern Manitoba after I finished school. Yeah. So, so, sorry, uh, so I guess you were um, working after university in um, indigenous locations where the, like, communities and... Yeah, I, sorry, uh, I... Puttered for a little bit after high school, went to university, went mm-hmm. straight to med school. When I finished my residency in 2001, I started with what used to be called the J.H. Hildes Northern Medical Unit, which mm-hmm. hired physicians for fly-in reserves, Churchill, okay. Manitoba, and, and the Kavalik region until, oh, cool. I think, 04 or 05. So for a few months, I was in uh, eastern Manitoba in the Island Lakes area. Um, and then went to Churchill for a two-week locum that turned into about three years of Churchill (laughs) or the Kavalik region back and forth. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Did you grow up uh, with a big family? No, I had uh, my my parents and two older brothers. Okay. Okay. Oh, you're the youngest. Yeah. Uh (laughs) (laughs) The baby of the family. Are you spoiled? Yeah, my brothers would say, <laughs> brothers would have said yes, and yeah, at 52, I'll take being called the baby any day yeah. of the week. <laughs> Cheers to that. Uh, so I'd want to start, keep going from the very beginning. Uh, what are some of your favorite childhood memories? Um, canoeing with my uh, dad and my brothers. We used to go out to Nopaming Park, which okay. is north of Whiteshell. And you'd canoe for a couple of days and get lost in the bush and fish. Yeah. And then go home with 
you know, fish to eat for a couple of weeks. But mm, nice. Okay. Cool. So you guys did a lot of camping out there too. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Cool. Fun. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Have you done any camping here? No. No. Fishing. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't actually. I haven't fished or hunted in many years. Wow. The last time I was out hunting was probably when I was in Churchill, mm -hmm. uh, 2002 or 2003. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess it's been they, a long time. They keep you busy, I guess, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time to come on to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so was it... Was it your like uh, was it your career in uh, medicine that brought you to Nunavut directly? No, kind of, no, actually, I so I um, before I went back to university, I was in the military as a medic for a bit, okay. wow. and then became a first aid instructor and um, wound up with a, going to partway through medical school. I went to uh, uh, Repulse Bay. And 96 oh. taught first aid and then the next summer got a job out of Yellowknife and got to go all over the place so I was in Resolute and Nana Civic and Arctic Bay and a few other communities in Northwest Territories and kind of that was my first introduction to the north and okay yeah where were you based out of when you were doing your uh, work with the military Winnipeg okay, it was yeah. it was in the reserve so I trained but was never deployed or anything like okay. that so I got interested in pre-hospital care and realized that I was not cut out to be a soldier. And yeah. How was that? <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. So how long have you been in Nunavut now? Uh, this time around uh, six or seven years. Okay. Have, have you visited all the Nunavut communities? No, I've not. I have not been in, um, in the Katekmiat. I've only been in Cane Bay. The okay. rest wow. of them, I've not been in any of them, um, and I have not been in Kemarut. The rest of the communities, I have been in at least for a little bit. Okay. Do you and your family enjoy living here in Nunavut? I'm here by myself. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah, my kids are with their mother in Nova Scotia. Okay. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm being a bachelor. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you enjoying that? <laughs> I miss my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I can imagine. I miss the family. I can imagine, yeah. Um, is there anywhere else in the world that you would like to go or live or work? Not off the top of my head. Yeah. I quite like the work here. I, and uh, You know, there's places I want to visit. There's places I want to see. Yeah. And like... 80% of Nunavut, I'm getting a bit tired of not going outside of the territory <laughs> yeah. for the last year and a half. But, <laughs> I feel you um, on that. Yeah. When's, uh, the, when's the last time you traveled out? December Over. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where'd you go? I was home seeing the kids. Okay. Nice. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the last, the last time I was out was March 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to get out of here. Yeah. yeah I love too. it here, but I can't wait to get out of here. Yeah. Especially yeah. this time of the year is the best time of the year to be here right yeah, yeah. you can walk out in your sweater and oh yeah. especially with how fucking quick the weather changed here within the past like week and a half yeah from minus 40 to what is it it's two degrees out right now yeah it's yeah. so warm yeah. seriously like, it's that polar vortex uh, the polar vortex there. yes <laughs> yeah did you always want to work in health or did you have no. any no? no what was your childhood dream career a pilot yeah wow. yeah oh. 
um, and then I found out that I couldn't be a pilot with glasses. And at that oh, point, yeah, the okay. laser surgery had just come out, so uh, they um, they didn't really acknowledge that. Like, if you had to get laser corrective surgery, even if you didn't need glasses, it didn't count. You still okay. uh, couldn't be a pilot. And mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't have mattered because, again, I... S- did not do well in the military lifestyle. So, um, yeah, so I, and I, I didn't enjoy high school. I, mm-hmm. um, in all honesty, my goal in high school was to get out with mm-hmm. as little effort as possible. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so, cheers to that. Me too. <laughs> so there's no pilots that wear glasses? No, there are now. There's okay. some, but yeah. in the like I was looking at the military oh, pilots, yeah, yeah. and yeah, There's you well, could not, okay. you could not have glasses. Tighter rules, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you ever get any days off from this job that you're doing right now? This big job. Um, yeah, it's not yeah. many, okay. um, but um, yeah, it's it's. I get some. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like to do? Right? What do you like to do in your days off? Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sleep, read. Um, to be honest, by the, when I do get time to just to be off, um, oftentimes I just want to be a slug and do nothing. Yeah. Um, and so that. I don't do much when yeah. that happens. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. Um, where are we here? What kind of music do you like to listen to? Um, mostly uh, a bit of eighties pop. Okay, uh, nice. When I grew Class- up, yeah, awesome. Um, some classical guitar, yeah, uh, and um, then a smattering of a little bit of everything. Okay, yeah. very you nice. Like country. Some okay, yeah. Oh, okay, that's tolerable. I'll <laughs> accept that. Older stuff, yes, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Johnny Cash yeah, and yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, but you don't like too much twang. Not a whole lot. No, <laughs> there's one. There's one Dolly Parton song that I oh. really love, but mm-hmm. it's. Have you ever heard of? Uh, oh, what's his name? DJ. Good buddy, or something like that. No, that's and a it, pretty awesome. It's name. kind of goofy because he won an award or they won an award, yeah. but all they did was took Dolly Parton's Jolene and slowed it down by 25%. Wow. And it sounds completely different. And it's wild to hear it slowed down and you can mm-hmm. still hear, you know, the vibrato and all that stuff yeah. in her voice. Like well, I'm, she's <laughs> high pitched and annoying at the <laughs> normal speed, but. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine it in my head. I'll play it for you afterwards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's what, your oh. what was like your go-to song? Like say say when you were our age, what was your yeah. go-to song? Like what was what was the pumping? What was How the song? old were you guys? Uh, like mid twenties. Like, yeah. Mid twenties. So at, at <laughs> that point was probably a lot of U two. Okay. Uh, oh. yeah. Everything up to the Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. I, or almost everything I like. Yeah. After Joshua Tree, it's almost like they, you know, there's a hard line and, yeah. and uh, uh, a lot of stuff like that. So U2, REM, oh, uh, yeah. they were probably a couple of the bigger ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your one song that when it comes on, you're just like, you're jamming, you're singing around? I'm, I'm that one guy that when my... <laughs> 
my favorite songs are playing, I am so annoying and I will rap every single lyric. I will like talk over the song. What's your one song that when it comes if you ever see me dance it's either i've had too much alcohol or i don't know you're there okay that's fair that's fair that's fair so jolene Jolene. slow down yeah jolene slow down do you um play any music yeah i i I, not well and i do not Mm -hmm. i can't i haven't been able to practice consistently for a long time but i do play classical guitar Oh, nice. wow. Okay. You play with like all your fingers? And... Yeah. Wow. Do you get like little finger picks too, or is that only on the banjo? Um, I've heard of some people who do it, but yeah. classical guitar, most will grow their nails out long oh, and then yeah. sort of file them to yeah. funny, you know, at funny angles yeah, and yeah. things like that. And But that's kind of gross. Kind of gross. <laughs> and, and if I'm coming to you as in your, you know, in, in the emergency room and I've oh. got funky nails on my <laughs> hand, uh, yeah. it's yeah. not going to go over well. So yeah. I gave up on that. Yeah. So I They're just not going to be it. like, oh, you play, class- you play classical guitar. I can yeah. see it in your fucking yeah. nails. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be strumming your patients. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, so um, are you a TV show guy or are you a movie guy? What other forms of entertainment do you like to pass the time? I don't have a TV. Nice. Um, I, I do watch some on like iTunes or things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really into Game of Thrones okay. until oh, yeah. like 80% of the world season seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then it just sucked Downhill. those yeah. last two years, yeah, yeah. Um, which is awful. Yeah, um, and now I don't even know if I want to read the books if Mr. Martin ever finishes them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched the yeah. last episode of. That's the only episode I've ever watched. Was the oh, last the episode? One. Yeah. And I was yeah. watching it with people who are diehard fans too, yeah, yeah. and they were just freaking out the whole time. And I was oh just yeah. Like, I don't really know what's going. Well, there was on. such a it's hype about cool. it. There's such a yeah. hype about it, and then they just—it's so anticlimactic. And, yeah. Yeah. A big letdown. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've really, I've only watched the two, the two first episodes, and mm-hmm. like I just, I wasn't able to get into it. The first thing I saw was incest, and I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. something I don't yeah. really want to watch right now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna watch something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have a, a little, maybe some might consider it an edgy question, Ooh. but um, I want to know what your view is on marijuana. Uh, both recreational and medicinal. Do you think it's a safe drug? Do you think it's... Um, So marijuana is, uh, I think the stats are pretty clear. Mm -hmm. It's demonstrably safer than alcohol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I should say less risky than alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a gateway drug. So uh, use of marijuana is not... Um, not necessarily, and, and, and for many people, isn't the way people get into uh, cocaine or uh, narcotics. Yeah. Mm. It can happen that way, but it's not the most common route. Mm. Yeah. Um, regular use of marijuana has its problems, yeah. uh, but they're not as bad as uh, tobacco or alcohol. So yeah. if you smoke regularly, Sorry, 50% of people who are lifetime smokers are going to die prematurely from some form of tobacco smoke. And I, yeah. mm-hmm. like I, I 
I think I've been off cigarettes for just over two years now this time okay. around. Oh, wow. So uh, it's an addiction. I know it's hard yeah. to quit. Uh, but, um, you know, the fact is it's it's dangerous. Yeah. I find um, it interesting when doctors smoke cigarettes. It's like, yeah. it's kind of funny, but then I can't imagine how stressful the job must be too. So Yeah, and, and it's proof that education about addictions or education about the substances will only get you so far yeah and you know yeah i know damn well i knew knew very well uh two years ago that that cigarettes were dangerous but how'd you how'd you quit eventually cold turkey wow and you know i've uh so i had quit for a number of years and then um stupidly got uh was at a part was at a dinner party with some friends and they had cigars so i had a cigar uh, and then a yeah. week or two later had um the worst shift of my career okay. and said i can have a cigarette yeah <laughs> and yeah. yeah had the cigarette and uh within i think probably two weeks i was back up to or less i was back up to half a pack a pack a day yeah, yeah. and uh, then it, that had been like 10 years that I had quit at that point and yeah. so then it was about two no more more than three years I think of trying to quit for a little while and and I'd go south see my kids and I'd quit my children yeah. have never seen me smoke okay mm-hmm. um, and uh, then come back and probably within a couple of days of returning be back smoking again and yeah kept trying to quit and finally one time it stuck for whatever reason good for you it's the hardest thing to quit for me like i could go months without drinking i could go forever without smoking weed or drinking coffee but cigarettes but it's meant so hard it's meant yeah Yeah. you can go weeks or months without coffee yeah 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 i guess you can i can (laughs) i'm actually uh one week without coffee today yeah really yeah Wow. Yeah. Do you feel any different? Yeah, I feel tired as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You purposely just decided to quit? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I um it affects my my stomach a lot. Like oh, I, yeah. I I can't eat as much when I'm yeah. drinking coffee. I find it's like super heavy. And I really get the shakes like when yeah. I drink too much yeah. coffee. Because I yeah. can't just have one, I'll have like two or three in yeah, a day. Yeah. And With the like, smoke too. Yeah, days. exactly. Yeah. And it's just uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you were drinking a lot of coffee you said at your job. Yeah. Just just cuz, you know, yeah. just cuz you could. <laughs> yeah. It was like free coffee it's one. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a habit, right? To like yeah. bring something up to your face. And yeah. 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 Speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> Some good old water. <laughs> so, uh just to go back a little bit, um I want to know um what what your views are on medicinal weed. Do you think uh do you think that it could replace a lot of um medicine that's out there? It can replace some. Yeah. So there's uh, two main uses for it. One is as an anti-nauseant. So um, people who have uh, chemotherapy is a classic one. A lot of uh, cancer drugs are pretty hard on the system, and so Mm -hmm. people will have trouble with nausea and struggle with um, keeping food or even water down. and marijuana or cannabis or some uh, something you know produced from marijuana can can help in some of those cases yeah um 
and actually, sorry, there's three parts. So that's one one benefit. Um, another one is sometimes the the appetite increase because the cancer or the cancer drugs and other conditions and other drugs will ruin people's appetite. Yeah. Uh, and so it can help with that, you know, getting hungry and, you know, how it gives you the munchies and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and then the third one is potentially the um, um, pain relief, mm-hmm. uh, as a either on its own or as an uh, added on to narcotics like dilaudid and morphine and things like that. And we know from the the opioid crisis that's hit so much of southern Canada that. Mm-hmm. Uh, opioids, using them regularly for pain control, for, you know, people who have chronic pain from broken bones or arthritis or other injuries, uh, morphine and things like that are just not a long-term solution. And, yeah. and uh, cannabis or, or medicines derived from cannabis may be more, um, may work better. They may not get the pain under control, but they may take the edge off enough that people can function mm-hmm. without the dangers of narcotics with mm-hmm. less tolerance and, and less um, addiction. Less addiction, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's there's always, there, for a long time, there's been that the thoughts that it could help in there. Um, but it's been a while since, uh, it's been five or six years since I've been in... Uh, any kind of uh, a situation where I'm helping somebody with long-term pain and chronic pain management. Okay. Sorry, long-term medications for chronic pain management. And so um, I'm not, uh, I don't know how well it's panned out in that area. Mm-hmm. Ten, nine, ten years ago when I was in uh, private practice in the South for a few years, there were a couple of uh, varieties of not varieties there were a couple of medications that had been derived from marijuana mm-hmm. they didn't work very well for a number of people and and I think the people who were open to trying cannabis or a medication derived from cannabis were in part looking for the the feeling you get when you've consumed cannabis yeah and rather than the, rather than treat their symptoms Possibly, yeah. Or they'd already been using marijuana as um, an adjunct, and so okay, they yeah. really didn't notice a difference. Okay, yeah. And the people who were on narcot were on like you know morphine long term, but had all the stigma against marijuana, courtesy of the you know all the messages over the last hundred years, yeah. were just really uncomfortable with taking it. So. Yeah, yeah. There were some people who'd already been self-medicating, and there were some people who were so dead set against it that they just weren't open to, to trying it out. So, okay. yeah, there's a number of reasons why it just didn't seem to work out as well, I think. But yeah. I don't know with the changes in the laws and hopefully reducing the stigma and all those things if that's changed or not. Yeah, um, so. okay. How much money do you guys have? <laughs> um, Great question. So. Yeah. So the 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 budget for all of the COVID responses yeah. pretty significant when you look at just the numbers mm-hmm. the uh, or the what we've used so far the um, the cost per person going through the hubs for a, a two week stay mm-hmm. is close to four thousand dollars per mm-hmm. person. Wow. Uh, that covers the hotel food the staff to monitor and, mm-hmm. and, you know, ensure that people are doing it safely and, and all of these things. 
Um, the cost of responding to outbreaks is pretty high mm -hmm. uh, in order to, and even doing the surveillance to follow, to, to uh, allow us to detect a new outbreak early. Mm -hmm. um, in order to do that, we've still got charters running around uh, across the territory uh, at least a couple of times a week, probably more than that. Um, wow. And that adds up pretty quick. Yeah. And, and when we're in the outbreak, in the peak of the outbreak in Aviat, we had a charter running pretty much every day mm -hmm. uh, unless the weather was bad. Yeah. Just so getting people out of there as soon as no possible. No, swabs. Swabs. Oh. So yeah. the biggest predict, or one of the biggest predictors to uh, getting quick, to getting uh, an outbreak under control is uh, how quickly you know about it and how quickly you follow the results. And there's that mantra that we've been repeating right, or has been repeated right from the World Health Organization on down of test, trace, and isolate. Mm -hmm. So we test everybody we can, we trace the infection to see where it might have spread, and we isolate everybody. Mm -hmm. the, the situation we were in a year ago in February, March of 2020 mm -hmm. was that the average turnaround time across the territory was just under seven days from the time you got swabbed to the time the we result. got a result in the south was okay. seven days. So mm -hmm. that really that means half of the time it was less than seven days and half of the time it was more than seven days. Yeah. Wow. And it was up to 17 days, I think, was the longest that we were aware of when we were trying to rely on, on commercial flights because they were already just flying once a week. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's, a, that's a long time before you... You uh, might as well not bother testing. Well, a lot right? can happen in 17 then, days. Because yeah. you, you weren't necessarily isolating after being tested. Yeah, So exactly. And 14 days later, you've Infected the whole yeah. town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. And so this is an infection that um, under the... Uh, when the circumstances are right, it can double every two days. And so if you're waiting wow. 17 days before you know it, it's already doubled eight times. Yeah. Uh, and so you can't, you're never going to get an infection, an outbreak under control. Mm -hmm. And so um, once we had testing capacity in territory in Akaluit and Rankin Inlet, then the next step was to figure out how we could get testing, how we could get the other communities serviced in a way that's um, gives them a reasonable turnaround time. Most communities are now only getting a flight once a week, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or many communities. Mm -hmm. And so we set up a standard where uh, we have a logistics company that's on contract to help monitor all of this. And when someone collects a swab, they figure out from the scheduled flights, is it going to be more than 72 hours from the time the swab's collected to the time it's delivered to the lab? And if it's going to be more than 72 hours, then a charter plane goes out and gets it. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's going to be less than 72 hours, we'll put it on the sked flight and, mm -hmm. and uh, try that out. But that's still an awful lot of charters. And once yeah, we have a positive yeah. in an outbreak situation, so for Santa Kilowack, Whale Cove, and Aviat, mm -hmm. while we were, while the cases were, uh, while there was active 
COVID in the communities. We ran the charters pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that's a lot, that's of, a lot fucking of money. money. Yeah. 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 yeah it is. There's no denying that. Privately chartering or owning those. Yeah. yeah. Making really cool. good money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the uh, so pandemics are expensive, oh, and yeah. their their hits to the economy are expensive, no yeah. matter what you do. Mm-hmm. But there was just a review article that that jurisdictions that went for the so-called COVID zero strategy, like to try and keep it zero or as close to zero as possible. The hit to the economy was a, a shrink, it shrunk by about one and a half percent. The jurisdictions that tried to say, well, we'll let COVID kind of go, but keep the economy running, they actually suffered more. Mm. So on average, their drop is about 3%, 3.3, I think it was. To ended the, up costing more. Costing mm-hmm. more yeah. in revenue and jobs and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So And it, it lasts longer, it's a yeah. longer period. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Interesting. Yeah. For for like the the testing and stuff you guys have in Rankin and you guys have like, there's a machine for the testing, right? Yeah. And it's... Is that machine going to be used for anything else once yep. COVID is yeah. gone, essentially? So this time, like in February 2020, yeah. we had one gene expert here in Chaluit, Um And we had been looking at the BioFire device because it does a... That's a cool name. Yeah, it does a... <laughs> it, it's a polymerase chain reaction device, kind of like the big labs in the south. But yeah. you can... it's. You could fit one on this kitchen table. Nice. Um, and it tests for RSV, influenza, pertussis. Oh. Tests for about 14 bugs, viruses, and bacteria that yeah. all cause infections in the airways and the lungs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even if you may wave a magic wand today and COVID's gone... Uh, we can now test for that here in Akalawit and Rankin Inlet. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before all this, the, if we had a pertussis outbreak, and we've had two or three in the last five years, whooping cough, the samples all have to go south to get tested. We don't yeah. have to do that anymore. Okay, so nice. our, our turnaround time is going to be better for that. Yeah. The, we now also have a gene expert in Rankin Inlet, and we can use that to test for tuberculosis. Uh, and they're coming out with a new cartridge for the gene expert that will do uh, corona, COVID, uh, the, the virus that causes COVID infections, yeah. influenza, and yeah. two or three others. Okay. Cool. So we've got, at the end of the day, we'll have more testing capacity than we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also some point of care devices that can be, you know, are the size, the footprint of a laptop or smaller, can be can run one test at a time and do two or three an hour, mm-hmm. but they can do them anywhere. So you could do yeah. them in a nursing station. It's portable, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's useful. It's one of those things where it's really, um, it's handy when it's positive. Yeah. A negative test doesn't tell me very much. It's not that sensitive. So if we're going to use that one, we'll still send the tests, but, uh, st- sorry, we'll still send the swabs to Rankin or Callowit to mm-hmm. get it tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next question everybody asks, and I understand this, is why we didn't put one in Cambridge Bay. Uh, the Cambridge that. Bay lab does 
serve as a hub for the other communities in Katakmiut, but the, it's only because you haven't been there that it's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I've been in Cape Bay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, it. Uh, you need to have a special. Um, it's called a fume hood, but it's a special kind of a kind of booth like a... that you can prepare the samples in, and it sucks ah, things out, so you're okay. at less risk of infecting others. Like and, a hunch over your stove kind of thing yeah yeah exactly a little bit bigger and you know mm -hmm. you see the people working in there with gloves on and okay, things like yeah, yeah. that and mm -hmm. yeah so like, until we have something like that we can't really do deploy a device like this in cambridge bay okay so okay. do you mind if we go for a quick smoke break nope cool not at all awesome yeah smoke break. we'll smoke be right break. back smoke break. after smoke these break. quick <laughs> with all your media attention your kids back home uh, they, they must know what you're up to. Do you, do you, do your, your family is, of course, watching and tuning in every time. Yeah, um, most of the time they'll yeah. be. So they're in Nova Scotia, so it's an hour ahead, and they're often in school when uh -huh. uh, when the pressers happen or the younger ones are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they'll how watch. Many, how many kids? Six. You have six children. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's two who are older. They're 29 and 27. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 16, 15, 9, and 7. Wow. wow. <laughs> so and are you, uh, I guess, do they ever ask you about your job? Do you... Yeah, they, they, know, they know what I do. They... Mm -hmm. um, um, <laughs> Uh, enough that one of the, yeah, they, they, they know what I do. They ask questions about it. Uh, their mother is a nurse, so they also ask her okay. questions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so. Is daddy a hero up in Nunavut? No, I, yeah, no. <laughs> I think you are. What, yeah. Like what's it like for the younger ones? How do, do they, like they, they know what you do, but do they understand what you do? I guess. Not really. I don't think so. They don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the youngest two probably not they yeah. they know i'm a doctor yeah they know i work with uh a lot a lot on covid and they see mm -hmm. me on on the tv stuff all the time mm -hmm. but i don't know if they uh understand what it means to be in public health yeah um so yeah yeah cool how and come daddy's not wearing a cape <laughs> <laughs> Like no, <laughs> never anything like that. No. <laughs> do you have like a do you have like a family name? Like, what do your kids call you? Just like dad or something? Dad, uh, the doctor dad. No, <laughs> <laughs> one. The younger two went through phase for a couple of years where they only just called me Michael. Wow. Um, oh, I, we don't know how that started. But yeah, yeah, we we uh, yeah, um, uh, but yeah, dad or daddy. Yeah. My dad would slap me right upside my head if I called him by his first name. Yeah, my parents hate it when I when I even just call him like mom or dad. They're just like, "What? You don't call me that. That's not that's not how we no. do it in this family." Yeah, you know, yeah. smarten up. Yeah, yeah. I really feel for uh, kids too. When COVID first hit, I remember hearing a parent talk about how the kids are just like, "Why can't I go to the playground?" Mm -hmm. Or like, "What? Like, it must have must be yeah. so weird yeah. for kids." And then germophobia, I guess. Is that the term? Yeah. Germophobia. Yeah. Kids are like the next generation are definitely affected by it, right? Yeah. Socially, 
germophobically. That's a word as well. Yeah, close <laughs> enough. But yeah, it must be hard for the kids, right? They're so sheltered now. Well, yeah. maybe not in school, but yeah, I, I we had the the long term effects. Like I think everybody who's lived through this is gonna. Uh, we'll probably all of us will define our lives before COVID and after COVID. Well, of course, yeah. Um, and I think there will be some degree of uh, change in behavior. But when when you look at the history, like the so the Spanish flu epid pandemic in mm-hmm. that nineteen eighteen to nineteen twenty, by the t- and they had the same challenges as we did. You know, mm-hmm. people didn't want to wear masks. They didn't know how effective they were. People wanted to have baseball games and parades mm-hmm. and all of those yeah. things. Normality. And, and- yeah, and, and it triggered infections. Um, and you would think that they'd learned and changed things. But by the time you get to 1925, it was back to normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Yeah, like... Okay, just a thought that I had, because it happened in, like, you said, 1918 to... 1920-1920. Do you think that's why, like, the Roaring Twenties happened? Why there was, like, so much stuff going on? Because there were two years of, like, nothing going oh, on. Yeah. And then you just, like, oh, fuck, I want to party. Let's go. Let's mm-hmm. do this. And World the, War I've, One too. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I think World War One was in there, too. <laughs> and, uh, okay, yeah. 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 Uh, but there's... <laughs> Certainly, been people have speculated that yeah. that uh, either the pandemic or pandemic plus World War One yeah. contributed well, to the yeah. the changes in in the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, so. and I heard you almost said epidemic, but you said pandemic. What's the difference? So an epidemic is an outbreak in a set area. So okay. you could have an outbreak, you could have an uh, an epidemic in Canada or an epidemic okay. in North America. Pandemic is worldwide. Worldwide, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that on the news. Not me. Epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit again. Um, just want to uh, go through your work history of what brought you to where you are today. So in, uh, yeah, so uh, 2001 finished residency in family medicine, um, went to work with the Northern Medical Unit, and uh, that started in July of 2001. Uh, September of 2001, I was in Churchill um, and uh, wound up for the about three years afterwards going back and forth between uh, mostly between Churchill or communities in the Kavalik region so spent you know a couple of months at a time in Rankin or Aviat or did community visits in other other parts of the Kavalik region and then um, when I left Churchill I went south to do uh, some training in anesthesia uh, family doctors can get a bit of add-on training in, in anesthesia. But uh, uh, by that time, I'd um, met my uh, the mother of my children. Yeah. Uh, she had two children when we met, and we uh, moved in together and, and uh, um, 
adopted the third of the children from from Aviat and then okay. uh, wouldn't have been able to go back north to do my return of service for the anesthesia. So we wound up moving to Nova Scotia. Okay. And for about seven years was in private practice, uh, fee for service, and probably hated it for about seven years. <laughs> uh, so in 2012, uh, I did lo- throughout that period, I did locums. Like I'd come back every year or two, either to Churchill or parts of the north. What's a locum? A locum is a short-term medical contract, so okay. like a couple of weeks, a month, that okay. sort of stuff, and mm-hmm. did... Um, remote support so the health centers i'd be on call to answer uh urgent questions for health centers in the cavalic and then in the spring of 2012 um closed the practice and moved to rankin inlet and um about a year later started my uh in the fall of 2013 uh started a master's in public health okay and then um, one of my children, one of the children became sick or it, his illness got worse and had to leave the north. Okay. And so then I was working on my master's. We were, I was doing locums back and forth okay. um, and sort of working, I don't know, not full time depending upon, it's dependent upon what was available. And 2014 basically by the time 2014 or into 2015, I'd probably spent 80% of my time in Iqaluit. Okay. So I just signed a full con- full-term full contract uh, here for May of 2015. And in January of 2017, I had to do, uh, went over to public health at headquarters to do my, my practicum and my master's. Okay. And so I spent four months working, um, on my practicum there uh, and the deal was that I would work as a public health officer for at least a year and just sort of never left okay Um, and so uh, fall of 2018 I took over as so December 1st 2018 I took over as chief public health officer and then uh, went from there or then it was called chief medical officer of health but one thing to be clear about is lots of people misunderstand what it means when you say chief medical officer of health or chief public health officer. So lots of people think it means like I'm top doctor in Nunavut. In fact, mm-hmm. if you look at the headlines, and they do this all across the country, they refer to Nunavut's top doctor and mm-hmm. Dr. Okay, Candola yeah. is Northwest Territory's top doctor. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah so too. the doctors, the other doctors in the territory don't report to me. Um, I give direction and advice or my team, because it's not always me, but the team that I work with, uh, we give direction and advice and set policy on management of communicable diseases. So like sexually transmitted infections, we support some of the work on TB, Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. But the physicians who are uh, in the emergency room or in the clinic, they actually they report to the territorial chief of staff, who reports to the deputy minister, who's also my oh. boss. Okay. So, ah, okay. the people who report to me are, are 
headquarters staff, so epidemiologists, the people who do track all the data on infections and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, some of the environmental health officers who inspect restaurants and other facilities, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you kind of set standards or regulations, I guess, more <clears throat> more than doing uh, surgery or... Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I, I still do some work in Emerge, mm-hmm. um, and so when I work in emergency in the emergency room, I re, my boss is uh, well the direct the the man the lead physician for the emergency room who reports to the ultimately to the chief of staff. Okay. Okay. So well, did not know all those things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many years of studying did it take to to get to where you're at? Um, so three or four years of undergrad, uh, four years of medicine, two years of residency, and then my master's in public health, if you did it full time would be two years, took me three or four years to finish it, four years, because I was only doing it part time, like I do a course or two at a time. Okay. Yeah. And then you do work in between your, uh, like in between the levels of your education. Um, I took a cup, I took a, so in, in, after high school, I took a year off. Uh, then I went to undergrad and university for a year. I was thinking about being an engineer. Okay. And I met engineers and said no. (laughs) Um, and then I took a couple more years off and then went back part time and took a biology and chemistry degree. So I bounced around a bit. It took me a while to figure out what I was going to do with my life. It has no -hmm. bearing on the nature of the other people it's more i was just kind of lost okay um and uh so yeah then it was i was back into university full-time in 1991 and then 94 started medicine and uh, graduated 99 then did the residency and away i went okay cool what would you do on your gap years Oh, oh, never mind. I to grow know. your nails? Yeah, I did. I was, I was playing lots of guitar. Uh, I took a course in guitar making. Whoa. Um, whoa. How, what's the term for that? Luthier. L-U-T-H-I-E-R. Luthier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. French word. Yeah. yeah. My Facebook. brother took that, too. Yeah. Facebook. Where cool. did he take it? Um, Montreal. Just oh, okay. North Montreal. Yeah, there yeah. was a guy. I went to a course in, in a little town in Saskatchewan. Cool. Spent two months there and, and so you made a steel string guitar. And cool. Damn. Do you still have that guitar? No. Electric? No, it was acoustic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My brother made, um, shout out to my brother, Gilles. He made uh, <laughs> a two-neck guitar, electric Whoa. guitar. Yeah. Uh, so the top one was just a regular electric guitar, blue, pearl, and the bottom one was a lap steel guitar. Oh, okay. Orange. Yeah. Detachable. Whoa. Wow! Yeah, that's it's creative. That's gorgeous yeah. guitar. Yeah. That's a yeah. big project. Yeah. Do you get to play the guitar often? Not as often as I'd like. No. Yeah. yeah. And the problem is, like, I, I used to play it all the time, like mm-hmm. a couple hours every day. Mm-hmm. And now I pick it up, and I'm rusty, rusty and I yeah. sound awful, and I hate it. And it's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Okay. Do you yeah. get to? Um, I know one of the questions earlier. Do you get to sleep a lot? Yeah. 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 And, Maybe not as much as I'd like. Yeah. <laughs> not as much as you'd like. Yeah, as the peanut gallery back there is pointing out, I can get a bit cranky at times. 
Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're keeping you busy, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How stressful has the pan- pandemic been on you? Do you, um, do you how do, how do you manage that stress? Um, varying degrees of success, I yeah. think. Like, there's no doubt I'm more tired than I was a year ago, and yeah. and certainly crankier than I was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, As the peanut gallery can confirm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's stressful and that's unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, there's good ways to cope and bad ways to cope. And I, I, I'm human, so I don't always follow the best ways to cope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, setting aside some time, I, I, like protecting some time. And, and um, in the first few months, um, the learning... Uh, like, and and I'm certainly not alone in this. The learning is immense for everyone involved in responding yeah. to this, whether it's uh, people doing frontline clinical care or public health or people making policy decisions. The amount of new information that's been generated on this one virus, it's impossible for any one person to keep up on it. And mm-hmm. um, Trying to is like trying to drink from a fire hose. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that took a long time to learn. Um, yeah. Probably still haven't f- completely <laughs> made that a habit. Yeah. But, you know, there's only, just only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is, uh, you know, as stressful as it might be for me at times, it's, it's certainly not... Um, anywhere as bad as it has been for other areas of the country and the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, even then we've been lucky that I've been lucky that it hasn't directed, it hasn't affected me or my kids or, you know, my family directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's all kinds of things to be thankful for. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. It's such weird times. Yeah. yeah. Bizarre times. I'm, uh, I've been off of work basically ever since the pandemic hit us. Um, as listeners know, I'm a heavy machinery operator for Bath and Land. And um, <clears throat> the uh, hearings started, the second hearings, I guess, for mm-hmm. phase two or for the return to work started today here in Iqaluit. Um What do you think about us returning to work? Well, so the, yeah, this is about the phase two about the expansion. Yeah. Whether the expansion goes ahead or not, I think it's uh, a necessity that we get Nunavomiat back to work at the mines. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're, um, we're approaching the point where in the next little while the majority of adults in Nunavut will have had the adults in Nunavut will have had the opportunity to get vaccinated mm-hmm. um, and the majority of certainly of older adults will have been vaccinated and so uh, we'll have that that degree of protection so somewhere in the next few months we'll have uh, much better protection than we mm-hmm. we had a year ago more numbers uh, of people that are vaccinated yeah yeah exactly percentage of 
and, and will have uh, will have reduced um, not only the chances of an introduction of COVID nineteen, but will reduce the impact of an introduction when okay. it does happen. And the mines have uh, changed their operating procedures. They, mm -hmm. you know, not it's not just about testing, but it's about reducing the risk of transmission when it does happen at the mines. Mm -hmm. And so we're working with them to, you know, we've had discussions back and forth since as, uh, last August or September mm -hmm. about ways to safely get Nunavumia back to work at the mines because mm -hmm. um, the miners. Uh, the staff, the, the Nunavumid who are not at the mines have taken a hit. Um, yeah. You know, they're down to 75% of base pay, mm -hmm. uh, which is a big hit when you lose the overtime and all those. Yeah. So And you're not at the mine either, because yeah. when you're at the mine, you're not spending a dollar, basically. Right? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So there's all those reasons to... Mm -hmm. uh, to work with the mines to get mm -hmm. mi uh, to get miners back to work and so uh, staff from uh, Department of uh, Economic Development and Transportation and mm -hmm. staff from Health Protection the public health at headquarters have been meeting with the mines regularly for a little bit now to mm -hmm. work out the arrangements to do yeah. it in a safe fashion yeah and they uh, hats off to them they've mm -hmm. con they've been contacting people and asking questions about how comfortable they'd be going back to work, what, uh, uh, what would make them feel more comfortable. And um, yeah, so they've been reaching out. And so I think it's coming down the line. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Because it's really stressed me out too in uh, multiple ways. Yeah. But yeah, we're, <clears throat> I think we're all looking forward to returning. Although we're super lucky here. Right, yeah. but like, yeah. we're all looking forward to going to see live entertainment, you know, and, and going back to work and traveling, and yeah, yeah, Bernard, I can't wait for you to get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Believe me, neither can I. <laughs> it's nice to have friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of live entertainment. Um, when do you think do you think that or yeah when do you think like live music is going to be able to be a thing again like big shows because i'm dying to freaking perform it's been so long yeah that's a good question yeah. we got to work all that out yeah. it yeah. um so we know for sure the I get, certainly against the common variants of covid19 the vaccine protects you if you get the vaccine yeah. so um it eliminates at least by 95% the chance of, if you get the virus, it, it eliminates the chance of uh, you winding up in the hospital, getting medevac, that sort of stuff. Okay. We're st the researchers are still measuring how much it impacts the spread of the virus. Okay. And we know that um, some of the highest risk places are concerts and bars yeah. and singing and things like that because it's where there's uh, people are talking loud they're trying yeah. to project their voice like mm -hmm. even if you're if you're singing and I'm out in the, the audience I'm still going to be singing. talking louder or, yeah. or the oh, crowd yeah. singing yeah. along yeah all of those things and those contribute to those uh, concerts and bars being uh, associated with those super spreader events where one person walks in and 
maybe they don't even realize they're ill yet, but they mm-hmm. spread it to 30 people in one yeah. night. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we got to bring those things back, and everybody yeah. wants to get back to normal life. Yeah. Yeah. But we also got to make sure that we don't, uh, that we know how much impact of vaccine has on the spread of the virus yeah okay so not anytime soon we'll see you on stage <laughs> playing the classic, uh, no. the classic oh, guitar. so that's a that's a big no there's that there's that stuff the elk elks the open mic night no yeah well, no. no no okay <laughs> no. that's fair yeah we need to juice you up a little more yeah no i guess <laughs> we're happy you are where you are now and doing what you're doing yeah thank, thank god yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm really proud that <laughs> hasn't had one single case of covid mm-hmm. i think that's pretty fucking awesome what do you think is the main reason for that honestly luck yeah yeah okay. so we know that uh isolation in the hubs or isolation for 14 days whether it's in the hub or not if if you can uh, complete 14 days of isolation. It's very effective at stopping forward tran- transmission or spread of the virus. Yeah. But we also know when we opened the hubs up uh, in March of last year, so 13 months ago, there's a lot. Nunavut is dependent upon a lot of rotational workers and yeah. uh, stopping them from traveling for two weeks just wasn't going to work. Um uh, and so we had those, you know, fairly stringent requirements on the workers. You know, they're not supposed to go anywhere outside of work for the first two weeks. And they're, mm-hmm. from the very beginning, they've been expected to wear, or early on, they've been expected to wear a mask. Um, but we also know of people, uh, some of those very same rotational exempted workers who got uh, picked up COVID within a few days of leaving here just on the transit back to home we think so there's no reason they couldn't have picked it up on the way yeah um and you know those measures that we put in place if it did happen probably just prevented them from spreading it mm-hmm. okay because we know uh the the research shows very clearly that the majority of people don't spread the virus very far like uh, a good chunk of people with covid don't actually pass it on to anybody okay. but uh, there's a small percentage in it. I, don't, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I think it's somewhere like 20 or 30 percent are responsible for more than three quarters of the spread of this virus. Wow. Okay. Um, and so by ensuring that the exempted workers are in that small group uh, where they tend, they don't have an opportunity to spread it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the end of the day, there's a lot of luck in this. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. But then again, um, I say we, but we got we got to take credit for at least putting up the uh, help me out putting up the the I don't know what you're trying to say <laughs> uh, putting up the um, isolation hubs those hubs and all the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but taking the steps in order to protect Nunavut right yeah uh, so there is luck but in a way. You can take a little bit of credit. <laughs> well, but but it's also timing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Quebec got hit really hard first, in the first yeah, part, yeah, but that's because yeah. of the timing of their spring break. So uh, yeah, yeah, their yeah. spring break was first or second week in March. 
yes. of last year yeah. of 2020. Oh, so, okay. you know, when you think back to there, it had been identified in China. It had shown up in a couple of places. And right as their spring break was starting, yeah. northern Italy blew up. Mm-hmm. And that's when we all started to realize that, okay, it's a pandemic yeah. and it can very quickly overwhelm even a modern medical system. Mm-hmm. And we, so Nunavut and other jurisdictions, Australia, New Zealand, and a few others, we had some forewarning about just how bad it could be. Mm-hmm. And we had the luck to have time on our side. If, yeah. if it had been three weeks later, it would have been into our spring break. And mm-hmm. then we would have had... Uh, thousands of people right? yeah. who had been south and yeah. been exposed and all coming back at the same time wow. so yeah there's like you know yeah we made some good decisions a few you know there's a bunch of people who made right the right decisions mm-hmm. but there's also the timing the luck and the geography mm-hmm. you know yeah. We're, yeah. we're one of the few places where you, you can't drive in mm-hmm. yeah so that that helped us as well yeah yeah, I remember I was on my way back from uh, Pouvinitouk and I had to go through Montreal and I was in the second week of March right when that their spring break was starting and um, the day I was coming back, that's when the whole outbreak happened on the, the subway and I was oh, so yeah. fucking happy it. that I got out of there. Like yeah. I was so happy I got home, but then yeah. I got home. I think it was like two days after you guys put out that notice to isolate yourselves for two weeks. So I got home and I went to the grocery store, saw like two people and then I went yeah. home and then I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like I did stuff, but like, yeah, you know, didn't leave home and yeah, didn't yeah. see anyone for two weeks. So you dodged it. Yeah. yeah. Barely. Where are we at? <clears throat> So maybe I'll get get a a few questions about COVID directly um, and like the virus directly. Um, So what are the main side effects of of COVID? Uh, Yeah. It varies a lot. So the the symptoms uh, could be very minor. So, and probably for most people with COVID-19, they are actually, I'm going to start that over again. (laughs) So for most people, the symptoms of COVID-19 are very minor. They might only feel like they've got a little bit of a cold or flu. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, That's probably 80% of people with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Some people will feel like they have a really bad flu. So they're just, the, they feel like they've been run over by a truck. Yeah. They're coughing up a storm, very short of breath. Um, and they wind up in hospital either on oxygen because they can't breathe well enough or because mm-hmm. they just can't stay hydrated and they need IV fluids. Mm-hmm. Damn. And about 4 or 5% are going to wind up in an intensive care unit because they're, they need medication to keep their blood pressure up or they need to be on life support with mm-hmm. the tube down their lungs, mm-hmm. uh, tube down their airway to yep. get air yeah. into their lungs. So mm-hmm. it's really quite variable. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what about the vaccine? What are some of the bigger side effects of the vaccine? So it depends, first or second dose. Yeah. So first dose, um, probably the most common one is a sore arm Mm -hmm. at the site of the injection. People will get a bit of a red patch. That's pretty common. Some people will get that so-called COVID arm where the arm feels a bit numb or tingly, maybe even a bit weak for a few days. Okay. Maybe about 10% of people after the first dose 
uh, will get like the flu-like symptoms where they get a fever and the muscle aches and they're tired for a day or two. Mm -hmm. Second dose, your immune system is already keyed up and ready to respond to this to the either the infection or to the, the vaccine mm -hmm. and so the immune response is much um, is much often much stronger mm -hmm. so maybe about half of people will get really tired they'll get flu-like symptoms for a couple of days uh, so fever muscle aches uh, run down tired and and a headache mm -hmm. um, typically after two or three days those go away okay how effective is the vaccine if you only get one dose as opposed to both? Um, so there's parts of this that we don't, we haven't met really measured yet. So we know that after uh, about two weeks after one dose of Moderna, the uh, risk of you getting severe infection is cut by 80%. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so um, when we said, you know, those numbers we said before, if you had 100 people with COVID, 80 will be mild and just managed at home. 15 will be admitted to hospital, but in a regular ward. And five will wind up in the ICU. Mm -hmm. uh, if you vaccinated those 100 people ahead of time with an 80% effectiveness, um, maybe four would wind up in the hospital and mm -hmm. nobody would wind up yeah. in the ICU. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that, yeah, one dose, it's about 80%, roughly two weeks after the first dose. Okay. Maybe climbs a little bit more after that. But we don't know how long that lasts. Yeah. We, we, we just don't. Nobody yeah. has studied that at all. Mm -hmm. We know that with two doses, uh, about two weeks after the second dose, it's 95% effective. Wow. Okay. And we we know for sure that it lasts more than six months and probably lasts more than a year. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, if at all possible, everybody should get the second dose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now uh, across Nunavut, um, adults, all, all adults now are eligible to get the shots. Yep, right. all residents. If you live full-time in Nunavut, right. you're yeah. eligible to yeah. get the vaccine. Yeah. 18 so and just, up. 18, 18 and, up. and up. Just call your public service. Uh, public. public service. <laughs> your, <laughs> your public. So public we, health. Public health. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, so in Iqaluit and Rankin Inlet, where the public health is separate from the health center, yeah, yeah. call the local yeah. public health. Yeah. In other communities, call the health center and, mm -hmm. and set it up. So because Moderna's, um, it's a bit of a bugger to deal with. It's. Mm -hmm. It's got to be stored at minus 20 or shipped oh. at minus 20. Mm -hmm. um, and once you've punctured the vial, the vial's only good for a few hours. Oh, wow. uh, and if you let it thaw but you don't puncture it, you can leave it in a fridge for four weeks. So for all oh. those reasons, it's, a, it, it's not as bad as that Pfizer vaccine, but it still is difficult to... It's got some challenges yeah. for shipping and storing it. Mm -hmm. So in most... Commu every community outside of Iqaluit has had one of those mass vaccine clinics where the nurses go in, they'll vaccinate everybody they can for a few days, and then they come back four weeks later and they do it again. Mm -hmm. But there's still... We're leaving small supplies in every community. So if somebody is in their community and they want to get the vaccine call the local health center and they'll they'll set up lists so that they yeah. can vaccinate roughly 10 people at a time so mm -hmm. then as little as possible goes to waste yeah 
very important, right? Mm -hmm. To get everyone, as many people as vaccinated as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So the vaccine is safe and effective, and it's by far our best protection against COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, there's that one that's gotten all the attention lately for the AstraZeneca because oh, yeah. it's, it's got a small risk of a blood clot. Mm-hmm. We're not using that vaccine in Nunavut yeah. at all. Okay. Um, and uh, Moderna has been shown to be very safe and effective. There's been no deaths directly caused by Moderna vaccine, whereas, you know, COVID, since it was identified in December 2019, COVID has killed um uh, 2.7 or 2.8 million people around the world wow. that we know of that's yeah. crazy yeah that's so crazy Holy shit so we we only get the moderna here yeah okay. it's uh it's the only one that we're using right now okay which is better suited for here yeah yeah okay yeah. Mm-hmm. what are other are there are there any other major differences between the the three different vaccines or how many so right now Right now, there's, yeah, three approved in Canada. Pfizer and Moderna are both these mRNA vaccines, and um, that's messenger genetic material. So it basically, it gives your body the information to make those spikes. So if you think of the pictures of the coronavirus, it looks kind of like a ball with spikes on it. Mm -hmm. So your body is now making antibodies to those little spikes, so it recognizes it and can trigger an immune system. Uh, sorry, an immune system reaction to the virus. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like creates the recipe to battle that the virus. Exactly. Without ever actually introducing the virus. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like, you know, the flu vaccine that, that we offer up every year or other vaccines where it's dead or, uh, yeah, usually Sedated. dead or weakened virus. Yeah. 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 This is just the information to make a chunk of the virus. And then your body now recognizes it when it sees the virus for real and gets an immune system going. So it just gives it the recipe, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's the information to mount the immune response without ever seeing the virus. Mm -hmm. So it's impossible for mRNA vaccines to give you COVID. No. Unlike, you know, other ones like measles and things. So then when uh, people get their second shot and feel like they get run over by a truck, it's just their immune system getting triggered. Yep. As if they were getting sick. Yeah, but exactly. There, but there's not a virus m- multiplying in their body. Yep, that's exactly right. Okay. Wow. We're learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, so the AstraZeneca va- uh, vaccine is more of a traditional vaccine, um, and it can trigger these blood clots that... Uh, that we're hearing about but it's still pretty small like if you give it to uh it's probably somewhere between one in a hundred thousand people who get the astrazeneca vaccine mm-hmm. will and one in a hundred thousand to one in two hundred fifty thousand will get a blood clot okay. um, and some of those people may you know suffer serious consequences even death from the clot mm-hmm. yeah and that yeah that sounds bad but it's way less dangerous than yeah. covid yeah mm-hmm. it's still treatable and, too and, yeah and i'm guessing some of those people had predispositions uh, still or, figuring that out yeah. yeah yeah okay it's still so new eh? after a whole year yeah, yeah. there's still so much um help me on this one information <laughs> mystery i guess there's so, <laughs> yeah. still so much mystery yeah yep. about it right yeah totally mm-hmm. what are some of the uh 
what what's something or how can you tr treat some of the side effects you get from getting the vaccine basically simple stuff yeah. sleep Tylenol or ibuprofen and plenty of fluids. Okay. Those are the, the big things. Okay. And, you know, if it lasts more than three days from the vaccination, go to the health center or the hospital and get checked out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I guess previous to um, uh, potentially catching it, uh, eating good food, I guess, healthy, eating healthy, staying active. Yeah. That helps. Taking yeah. vitamins. All those things. All yeah. Those yeah. Things. yeah. So I guess that's like a. I'm having a hard time with my words, but those are uh, <laughs> things you can do before possibly get and just being healthy, I guess, in general yeah. helps yeah. you be right? prepared. Be prepared. Rev alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be prepared. Ikalawit, Nunavut, and surrounding areas. <laughs> yeah. Just to play devil's advocate, why why should I care about getting the vaccine? What, this is probably mm -hmm. something people think a lot. Oh, of course. Why, yeah. why should people care about getting the vaccine well it's right now we know for sure that it's your best protection yeah so there's no good treat yeah there's no good treatments for COVID-19 yeah. um, there's some things that will slightly reduce your risk if you wind up in the ICU um, you know by uh, getting steroids and some of the other treatments they've done they they have They've definitely improved the treatment. So okay. the mortality rate, if you the, the chance of you dying uh, if you wind up in the intensive care unit has probably dropped in most parts of the world by up to 50%. Okay. But that's all assuming that they've got an actual bed for you. Yeah. And we can see that in Ontario, they're getting dangerously close to the point where intensive care units are running out of beds. And it's not even just the beds. Like if you're in the intensive care unit, you need nurses, you need respiratory yeah. therapists, you need pharmacists, you need a whole team of professionals who are um, pretty highly trained and skilled. Yeah. And if you don't have enough of them, it becomes a problem. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, but those those kind of modify things a little bit but it's still more deadly than most influenza and and other infections and um it it not only it protects you from the infection but it also makes it less likely that the healthcare system is going to get overwhelmed and none yeah. of us want to be in a situation where uh, you know we or someone we we love or care about has a heart attack but can't get the proper treatment yeah. because they are you know there's no beds for them yeah. yeah yeah and so in northern Italy this time or in March of uh, late February March of last year um, the mortality rate was ridiculous it was very high mm -hmm. yeah because the health system got overwhelmed and yeah. Even if you even if you didn't have COVID, if you had a heart attack or were in a bad car okay, accident, yeah. you were less likely to survive because There's they were too room. busy doing other yeah. stuff. Yeah, and yeah. you don't. And the last thing you want is to like have all these people with COVID condensed in one area. That's just also, not yeah. helping whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the last thing is, and we we don't know this for sure yet. We're still measuring it, but it. Um, it's going to have some impact on how much anybody who, who gets the vaccine, it's going to reduce your chance of spreading the virus. 
as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you may get the virus, you may get an asymptomatic infection, and you may spread it, or it may reduce that entire or a lot. We don't mm-hmm. know yet. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, it you know it, it doesn't just protect you, and we can see that in uh, Israel and Great Britain and uh, Gibraltar, where they're probably some of the worst. They are three of the top five areas in the world for uh, vaccinating their population so far. Mm-hmm, okay. And they've seen their cases plummet yeah. um, because of that. And so uh, the more people we can get vaccinated, the more the greater protection we have for the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so... Nunavut can't get to uh, what's called herd immunity, and in most places can't get to herd immunity without vaccinating children. But we can get some pretty significant protection. Yeah. Um, and uh, then once we can get vaccines for children, then we've got a pun intended. We've got a shot at getting herd immunity, which is when you know if if. Um, <laughs> The majority of people are vaccinated. Let's say 90% of everybody living in the community is vaccinated and somebody shows up and has COVID-19. It's not going to go very far and it's not going to yeah. go, not going to spread very fast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so now, is there, uh, is there a difference with the vaccine for children? What's the, what's, we don't know yet. So there's uh, Moderna's being researched for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pfizer's being researched for children and they've said, They've announced publicly that there's good protection for people who are 12 and up. Okay. Um, and they're going to be putting that data in, in the U.S. to their Federal Drug Administration probably within the month. Okay. Um, don't know when it's going to be. We're going to get the same application in Canada. So right now, there's no, there's no reason to think that the vaccine is going to hurt children. The question is, does it help children? Does it protect them against COVID-19? Mm-hmm. And we don't know that for sure. And so it's only licensed for, for Moderna, it's only licensed for people who are 18 and up. And so legally, if you're 17, I can't give it to you. Okay. So then I guess going from 18 to 12 already helps in a major way. I guess yeah. that's already That's a big deal. Yeah. 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 Huge deal. yeah. yeah. And some... Uh, there's some of the vaccines that are researching down to five years and up and one, I believe that's going to children as young as six months. Okay. Wow. So that would be especially helpful in somewhere like Upviat where they've half (laughs) over half their population is like under 25 or something like that. Yeah. 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 And then, so that is actually light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. If we have that globally. Yeah. It's. Yeah, the only problem is that it it takes um, takes a long time to get everybody vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, convinced, convinced. Yeah, yeah, totally. And even if let's say we had a great vaccine, you're producing a hundred million doses a week. That's still seventy weeks before you have enough to give the entire world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a year yeah. and eighteen weeks. So okay. yeah, and you then do the math around and, the world. And yeah. Then yeah, organizing everyone. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's the the next challenge is the 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 vaccine, the equitable distribution of the vaccines. So mm-hmm. eighty or ninety percent of the vaccines that have been manufactured have been wound up in Europe and North America, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay. Has um, 
Are you getting tired of, about talking about it? No. No? Because <laughs> I feel like you must be asked about it yeah, not on, like, on a daily basis, right? Uh, well, there's parts of it I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. But no, that's no? not And okay. the, more inform, the more we can get this well, information out. Yeah. yeah. We want like, people to know, right? Yeah. It, it's hard at times you get asked the same question over and over again. Mm, and yeah. then, um, you know, flip it around. And it's it might be the 50th time I've said it, but it might be the first time yeah. that the person asking it has heard yeah, that yeah, answer. Yeah, and they may right. not have had that chance. So I try and balance and then I guess frustration. The, yeah. I, I guess with the, the like a press release... Uh, People. I don't write the press releases. No, no, but I mean, like when you, when you get, <laughs> but like when you get asked questions, yeah. uh, these are news reporters, right? Yeah. Whereas we're just three buddies, you know, three we're friends, three friends, just three friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, but we're, you're still spreading information. Yeah, so. but that, yeah. that's what I mean, to, so people can relate to yeah. us, right? And it's information that's a little more on layman's term. I guess. And it's different. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What's layman's term? Yeah, that's how it's <laughs> so non-medical or non-professional yeah. term? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. like instead of saying scalpel, I'd say like that super little that sharp, sharp knife. knife. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Tiny yeah. sharp knife. The stabby thing. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I got a good question. Yeah. Sure. I kind of want to veer off a little bit from yeah. the whole uh, COVID discussion. Oh, yeah. Um, so you, I'm guessing in your time, you've... Uh, done surgery like you've i've assisted assisted yeah okay so my question was (laughs) what's like the craziest thing you've done what's the craziest operation you've seen you've seen or done assisted with assisted (laughs) upon um can't talk about it actually okay second one second okay so I get a little bit queasy talking about blood. Yeah, when I when I oh, see my like own blood, stuff, eh? when I see my own blood, I faint. Yeah. 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 I guess you're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get used to? Um, so I this is going to sound odd, mm-hmm. but I I sometimes when people describe their injuries, yeah. I will get queasy at that. Okay. Um, oh, I, like you'll, yeah, it's yeah, like you're oh, imagining uh, it in your I own mind. I don't want to see this. I don't want to think about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it happens in the emergency room on those occasions, it's just, okay, we've got something to deal with. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But if you sit me down and, and talk to me about it yeah. or whatever at over supper or where you, <laughs> I'm, what I'm, the, I might what get if, a little queasy. Like, what if we just like, we're watching like those compilation videos of people like destroying their bodies. Like, oh yeah. People like that like break off. their legs. I don't watch like, them. You don't no, watch yeah. those? <laughs> yeah. I watched no. them for a bit, but I don't. I, no, okay. me yeah. neither. I me neither. I don't, I don't watch them either. I follow a page of the worst skateboarding <laughs> slams. It's called Hall of Meat. Yeah. And I just pass over it every time. I don't know why I'm still following it, but I just pass over it every time. I got another good question for you. This one's a little more personal. Okay. Um, was flying down this road over there on a longboard. <laughs> I, went, I went flying. Cross the road, went flying. Broke my collarbone. Spiral fracture. All right. They sent me down to medevac. Now I got a plate. Yep. Now, I was pretty high at, well, medicated, let's say that. <laughs> And the doc- I think I remember the doctor saying that eventually I should get the plate removed. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It, it depends. If, it, if it's hurting you and it's been more than a couple of years, you could ask to see the surgeon and mm-hmm. talk about it. If it's not bothering you, 
I wouldn't worry about it because yeah. if they cut in and take it out, it might leave the bone weaker and uh, the cut itself. Damage. Yeah. You've got the risks of the surgery and you've got the risk of getting an infection from mm. the cut. So yeah. if it's not bugging you, leave it alone. Yeah. I think I'm going to keep it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got some titanium in you yeah. or steel or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It does not beep at the airport people. <laughs> Were you worried about that? I was, yeah, because <laughs> I didn't know like if it's, if it stays there too long, if it's yeah. gonna, but it's titanium, I guess, right? Either titanium or steel depends I think on it's the titanium, plate. Titanium, yeah. yeah. Titanium. I'm like partially the Wolverine. I was partially. <laughs> yes. I was waiting for a break so I could say it. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that yeah. adamantium yeah, or something? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Close enough. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> it could be Wolverine's little cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! That's I ran over my dog. A oh God, ago. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that when we were out having a smoke break. <laughs> Someone ran over my dog. <laughs> He's okay. Not on purpose. Listen. Cut Not on that purpose. one up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I usually let him run behind the jeep. Mm-hmm. He loves it, but I guess he caught up with me and then cut me off. Luckily, no broken bones, but he's got stitches in his gum. Mm. Man, he was just saying how he doesn't like when people sit him down yeah, and I know. start talking about <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's okay, though. Yeah, what do we go and do? <laughs> yeah. uh, just trying to keep it light. <laughs> yes. Uh, do, you have, uh, do you have any questions? Do you want to uh, ask us? Uh, nothing comes to mind. Well, did you guys grow up here? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, actually. But no. They, yes. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yes. I've I've lived uh, in Kuchua, Montreal, and Ottawa throughout my life, but I've lived here most of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's changed a lot in the last twenty years, Holy hasn't it? Fuck, man. Mm-hmm. In the past, shit. in the past couple years. Yeah, yeah. even that. Yeah. But yeah, I remember when Rochinova was tiny. Plateau was not a thing. Like. Mm-hmm. Plateau crazy. Like, exploded. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah. It's a huge boom. That was that was one of the questions I wanted to ask. Since you've been coming here since like '96, Nunavut in general, like for the time, for the time you came in '96 to when you moved to Rankin, how much development was there? I didn't notice much development. Yeah, um, I noticed changes in what people drove. Oh. So yeah. 96, I went to Repulse Bay, now now yet, but yeah. Repulse Bay then, teaching first aid and CPR. And I was going to, uh, I was teaching at the school one day, and, and I was walking along, and it was my first time ever in the north, and I think I'd been there for maybe three days. And I was going with, back to school with this teacher, and she puts her hand out and s- makes me stop and says, wait for the school bus. And a snowmobile pulling a comma tick full of five-year-olds <laughs> oh. goes by. Oh, cool. And, That's uh, sick. That's so like, cool. Yeah, that was pretty wild. And that will, yeah, I doubt you'll ever see that anywhere no, yeah, anymore. No, no yeah. chance. It's probably and, strongly discouraged. Yeah. 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 Damn. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, it was February 96. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was back in Rankin Inlet probably October, November, 2001. And the 
churches and stores. The parking lots were ATVs. Yeah. Hondas. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Hondas. Yeah. 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 Hondas. Nothing but Hondas. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you'd I, see I the odd car. I love how you car. know to say Hondas. <laughs> yeah. I love how you know to say Hondas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, like when I returned in 2012, even in 2012, yeah. it was more than half cars. Yeah. 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 You know, everybody, lots of people still had Hondas, but mm-hmm. for driving around town, there were yeah. cars and some uh, side-by-sides. Yeah. Uh, you could rent a limousine here a couple of years ago. Yeah. That yeah, and how long did that last? No, yeah. that lasted a summer, I think, okay. maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how about um, the differences, like uh, with, with the, the medical equipment or like medical advances? Um, having a CAT scan machine here is mm-hmm. a bit of a big deal. Yeah. Um, when did that come about? 2012, 20, I think, okay. 2013. Mm-hmm. I did my first locum here in the fall of, like here in Akalawit mm-hmm. in the fall of 2012. A locum is, is a short-term t- contract, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. They, I was in Akalawit, or is it, sorry, I was in Rankin Inlet. Mm-hmm. They brought me over here mm-hmm. uh, and then sent me back to Rankin Inlet. Yeah. Um, I think Just was, for a locum. Yeah, I was here for three days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. wow. they were desperate. It's you. <laughs> yeah. um, but there was no CAT scan machine then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but the the bigger deal is actually just being able to get the x-rays out, like the pictures out right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so the pictures get taken here and then sent out. Yeah, to, they're okay. digital. Okay. And, and an expert... Uh, yeah, a smart doctor. Smart doctor. <laughs> yeah, smart reads doctor. Them. We'll look at it down there and then send back what he his diagnosis. Yeah, or her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah, they're called radiologists. They do the four years of med school and then they do four to five years training to read X-rays, CAT scans, ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the big difference is not so much having the machines here to do to take those pictures but the ability to send them south and get a read, get their opinion on them within a, like a couple of hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, even in the time I've been in Iqaluit, there were other communities that were still doing um, uh, plain film where they'd have to you know, dip it into the tanks of chemicals oh, and okay. send the film south on a plane. Mm-hmm. And so that means it's a couple of weeks before you get a formal, up to two weeks before you get a formal report. Wow. Uh, and now... So much can happen in two weeks. Yeah. 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 It, it's it's almost like when we were talking about those tests, it's yeah. like, why bother? Yeah. yeah. It's not quite that bad, but yeah. It, yeah. it's often for pneumonia where a few days makes a huge difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal if you have yeah. to wait two weeks without somebody taking a good look at the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you can get a report within a few hours. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Which is a That's huge a major difference. Event. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The internet, right? Yeah. Interwebs. Interwebs. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. I don't know if you're allowed to necessarily say, but it's, what do you think is missing from, uh, or what do you think we, what more do you think we need in our healthcare system? Oh, um... So more capacity will help a little bit, but not as much as people might think. Okay. So you could build a teaching hospital with, you know, neurosurgeons and all those other 
specialties that we might think of. But if people don't have access to uh, all the other basics that keep you healthy, so food and employment and education and housing, it's not going to make as much difference as, as we might think. It'll help. And, and I, I think equitable access to health care of all forms is, is important, but we also have to pay attention to social determinants of health, you know, the things that help people keep healthy. Yeah. And so this is important whether we're talking about COVID-19 or tuberculosis or other stuff. Mental health. Mental health, yeah. yeah. Just knowing that we had very little uh, uh, ability to do testing and to, to alter the impact of, of uh, COVID-19 arriving. And knowing that the housing and other challenges that so many Nunavumiut face, they would have made the impact of COVID-19 arriving, they would have magnified the impact compared yeah. to Toronto or anywhere else. Um, we brought the isolation rules and hubs into place because we felt that uh, the best thing we could do was lower the chance, reduce the chance of COVID-19 arriving. Okay. Uh, and so we kind of had felt that we had to do that because of those other challenges. Yeah. Is there uh, uh, certain questions that you wish you were asked when you're being not interviewed, but doing press conferences? Um, I think sometimes we boil things down into too simple, like people are often looking for the sound bites or thinking the simple things to understand. So a year ago, everybody, not everybody, but lots of people were focusing on how many ventilators we have in the yeah, territory. I um, they're not going to make that much difference by the time, especially then, uh, the number of ventilators or access to a ventilator wasn't really a, a uh, you weren't likely to live if you were on a ventilator. Oh. I think it was more, uh, we should, you know, paying attention to things like the social determinants, paying attention to things like access to testing and not just to testing, but enough capacity and, and the resources to get a result back in a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, medevac planes, you know, we, we live in the north, we live in uh, r- rural, remote, isolated country yeah. or communities. Um, and we have a lot of similarity with Australia in the outback where they, you know, people are hours of flying mm-hmm. away from not maybe not as big, not as bad as the Canadian Arctic, but yeah. it's still that that isolation similar. is similar. Yeah. yeah. And the researchers in Australia call it the tyranny of distance, where you know being two thousand miles away or a thousand miles away from a, a teaching hospital mm-hmm. um, changes the outcomes and. Yeah. And the budget. And and the budget, yeah. yeah. And until somebody invents the Star Trek transporter, there's nothing (laughs) you can do to change that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. What's, do you know what New Zealand is like right now? I heard, I remember seeing something online that they have no cases. Yeah. So they're wide open. Yeah. Okay. So, 
sorry, they're not wide open if you want to go there. If you can even okay. get in, you have to isolate at a hotel. Okay. Um, to get in. To get in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, inside the country, the cases are zero or close to it, and they're okay. wide open. So if you want to go to a concert or a rugby match, oh, you're a way to go. Just no immigrant yeah. uh, people coming in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the the reason that we can't safely do that is because we were, we've got the hubs, but we're dependent on rotational workers, okay, yeah. healthcare, airline, yeah. uh, other critical services. There's almost, there is no way to do that without mm -hmm. having some people coming back and forth. Yeah. So what do you think of the potholes here? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> yeah, they're uncomfortable, but that's a municipal problem. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not a doctor's issue. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get yeah. Kenny Bell back and we'll ask him. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen you walking. Do you walk to work? Yeah. Yeah? You walk Most to work? Of, yeah, I, I tend to walk in the morning mm -hmm. and in the evenings I'll probably more than half the time I'll get, catch a cab back. Okay. Yeah, yeah we cool. saw you walk in at the Four Corners, I think, yeah. earlier after work. Yeah, I was probably going to the mail to okay, check yeah. my, my uh, check if I got anything. Okay. Yeah. Small town yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, small town. <laughs> hey, we're going to have a mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he picked me up from work. Who passed by. Hey, that's him. Yeah. Out there driving through the potholes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys want to go for a smoke? Yeah. Go for a smoke? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. We'll be right back after these. I have one small question that I ask pretty much everyone who comes on the show. Do you have any tattoos? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. What are they? Uh, just one. Okay. It's, uh, so I got it when I was 18, so it's a little over 30 years old. It's okay. A, Can was, we see it? <laughs> or was it, were those in the finger-picking days? Didn't, uh, no, it was a little bit before that. It's yeah, a wolf okay. being at the moon. Okay. 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 I will not ask you where it is. It's on my uh, shoulder. Oh, oh okay. Nice. Does it, what, wow. did, what did it mean okay. to you back then? I just liked it. Yeah? Yeah. You're like, cool. this is fucking cool. Here, look, you want to yeah. <laughs> see my, look, there's, there's a scar. Yeah. yeah. Big, big old scar. <laughs> yeah, it showed up, actually, a lot of people saw it. Well, in, in one of the pictures of me getting the vaccine, you can see oh, it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Dude, were people, like, freaking out? Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. I would have never guessed. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> nice. Good job. This still looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to tell if it's a wolf or a donkey, but, you know. <laughs> I would have guessed wolf. <laughs> okay. Um... Uh, I don't like that question. Um, let's go with this one. Um, so what are some of the craziest rumors that you've heard about the vaccine? Uh, that it's got chips in it. Oh, uh, that's nuts. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, there'd be no way to, you know, to put a little chip into a yeah. vaccine and into put it into people. Tiny. Yeah. And, and even most if, of us carry around cell phones. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Literally walking with us at any moment of any day yeah, yeah. they can track yeah. us yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anything i'd almost want a chip right you go hunting you get lost uh, <laughs> like a dog okay chip, right? yeah, or just get a yeah. spot yeah yeah or an in reach yeah 
<laughs> have you read into Neuralink at all? No. No? Okay, yeah. I've just seen a little bit of it on like on Reddit where they showed the monkey playing yeah. a game with oh it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that's that too. insane. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It is. So then that has a lot of medical implications too, right? Like, yeah, it's a similar technology to the like the prosthetics. Like if you lose an mm-hmm. arm, it's that that same sort of reading the nerve signals that let people get at least some function. Yeah, you know, they can feed or, themselves yeah. and things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big improvement from the hooks and things that we used to have. So. Yeah, and it's just starting. Like it's well, not just starting, but it's we're it's just at the beginning now, right? Yeah. So, who Good knows? Yeah. Video games, you know, like the implications are crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. seriously. What do you think about AI? Do you, if you, I don't know. I don't know much about it. Um, like I know the, I know I've read some of the articles on use of AI and machine learning in um, in medicine. So mm-hmm. reading X-rays and CAT scans, or even doing um, like surgery. A remote control yeah theory. there's some of that but that's really dependent on the bandwidth and so the surgeon in the south in ottawa oh, yeah, yeah. could do surgery remotely that sort yeah. of stuff but mm-hmm. then there's also the ai where they have the computer read the x-ray and you know say okay there's a 80 percent chance that this is tuberculosis or something mm-hmm. like that that seems pretty cool but um, I think we're a ways away from it being a replacement for yeah, specialist yeah. physicians. So there's nothing like human. Touch, yeah, right? putting your yeah. trust in something else other than yeah, yeah, is, uh, yeah. But <clears throat> the AI driving and like the the mm-hmm. cars. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, one of our friends owns a Tesla. Actually, really? Yeah, yeah, down. Uh, yeah, we had him on Gunuk. as a guest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually down south right now, enjoying enjoying his vehicle. Okay. Much, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'd come on for a second appearance on the podcast? Sure. Yeah. 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 Somewhere along the line. Yeah. yeah. A few months or down the road. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah. like that. And hopefully, yeah. when like I'll hopefully when this pandemic blows over, it'd be cool to have a little reflection on the whole thing from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Yeah. Sure. Do you have Facebook? Yeah, I don't use it. it I so <laughs> I was, was going to say I'll message you. <laughs> so I I have it and I get messages on yeah. it, but I like I hadn't logged on in many years. Okay. And yeah. then when I came here and I was like, okay, are are the schools open or stores? Like, okay, is the town yeah. closed down? So I had uh, to go back onto it to get to yeah. a Callowit PSA. Yeah. yeah. Twitter. I, I, Do you have a Twitter? Or, yeah. 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 You have a Reddit. I was going to say Reddit. Reddit. Uh, I lurk. I have okay, never posted. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, and same too. with Twitter. I lurk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. have it to read, yeah. but I've never posted. So wild guess, you're not on TikTok. Uh, I had one. I did. Whoa, yes. did? Yeah. I've never, again, never posted anything, no. but Just my, yeah. my son had a TikTok oh. account. And oh, so I got course. onto it from him and yeah. then, yeah, started browsing and yeah. such. Yeah. You know how to whip it? I was going to say, see Dr. Pest no. doing the no. whoa. Okay. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Any of that. Uh, anything, um, do you want to say to our... Listeners, do you have like a last message, a bowing out message? Get the vaccine. 
get the yeah. vaccine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's both of them. Yeah, yeah. both get shots. Both. It's safe. It's effective, and it, it is by far the best protection we have mm-hmm. against COVID nineteen. Yeah, get the Period. vaccine. We wanna get f- your shots. We want a fucking normal life. <laughs> We want to live a normal life again. Fuck. Yeah. Mister wants to perform. Yeah. To a normal yeah. life. Bernie wants to go back to work. Yeah. Ugh. Get your shots. I think that. Are you okay with us uh, yep. titling our episode? Get your shots. Yep. I am. <laughs> you, okay. you may have to fight oh, Kate yeah, for that yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. I think that's our episode. Yeah. I think okay. So too. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on. It was an absolute honor. Uh, looking forward to seeing you again. Okay. Yes. Stay safe at home. Get your shots. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> Eat properly. Uh, watch out for the potholes. Arrive alive. <laughs> Arrive alive. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Love y'all. You can find us at C I G G A L I A on all social media platforms. Thank you very much. You can find me at fxckmr fuck mister on all social media platforms you can find me at e-i-n-o-e-m-i-s on all social medias i'm a c-h-o-q-u-e-t-t-e-b-e-r-n-a-r-d on instagram and just bernard choquette facebook add me facebook facebook (laughs) and you're you you said you're on twitter yeah, but I don't even know oh. what my number count is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just I turn your TV on. Yeah. You'll get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Love you all. Cheers. All right. Stay safe. Arrive alive. <laughs> <laughs>